uh, most of us realize that, that presently our nation is still caught in the eye of a major storm. It has now been 118 days since we last met inside of Refuge Church. Uh, this storm, it has worn out us welcome, and it's affected every one of us from the oldest to the youngest in some way, form, or fashion. Honestly, it can no longer be ignored. So what we're going to do today is we're going to face it head on and seek to press through it by faith. Today's message that God has led me to is entitled, Jesus, Calm This Storm. Jesus, Calm This Storm. I always realize that the, uh, the, the most important storm that you have to figure out how you're going to overcome is not the storm that you were going through, but the storm that you are going through. I believe today that you're going to find this message to be extremely applicable. So I hope that you will take these words uh, to heart as God ushers them uh, through me, as he's given them to me. I want to start with a definition, though. According to Webster's Dictionary, a storm is a violent disturbance of the atmosphere. A storm is a violent disturbance of the atmosphere, usually associated with strong winds, rain, thunder, lightning, or snow. For application purposes, though, to, to just apply to each and every one of our situations, I want you to just remember this, that a storm is a violent disturbance of the atmosphere. I'm speaking of that violent disturbance that has affected your world, your community, your workplace, your school, your home. That moment or season when things are not the way that they once were or that you expected them to be. It is in these storms that it is very easy to find ourselves humanly questioning things, scratching our head, and wondering why is this happening. If today you're going through a, a major storm, some violent disturbance in your life, I pray God speaks directly to your heart and to your situation. Today we're going to look at a storm that, that Jesus, along with some of his closest disciples, they endured together. They were on a, a boat ride. We're going to look at this brief story and event through the eyes of the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Matthew, uh, both for the sake of greater understanding and viewpoint of this event. Let's begin by reading together six powerful verses of Scripture found in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Mark 4, verses 35 through 41. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were, were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion, the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves. And he said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. They said, who is this man 
They asked each other, even the wind and waves obey him. Now, I want us to look at at some of the powerful truths that we discover here in this story that the early disciples learned that we need to learn and know as well. The first thing we notice is this. Jesus never promised there would never be storms. Jesus never promised there would never be storms. When Jesus told these men to get into the boat, he never once said, hey, fellas, we're going we're gonna to get in this boat and we are headed for the biggest storm that you've ever seen. He didn't say that. He simply said, hey, you know what? Let's get in the boat. Let's go across the lake. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 36 says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, other boats followed. The book of Matthew chapter 8, 23 says, then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. It is very important to note that Jesus initiated this boat ride. Don't forget that. Jesus initiated this boat ride. Often there's this misunderstanding that If God has led you to something, or if you're in the center of God's will, then you shouldn't be experiencing certain storms or hardship. And that is a false truth. Storms come to all of us. Listen here, Jesus never told his disciples that it would be all sunny skies. Jesus also didn't tell us that we would always have sunny skies. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, In this life, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because he has overcome this life. So listen, Jesus never promised that there would never be storms. He did promise that he would always be with us, no matter the storms. He also promised to help us overcome with his help, whatever the storm. But secondly, we notice that often storms take us by surprise. Often storms take us by surprise. Jesus' disciples had no idea what was about to hit them. They would suddenly be hit by this fierce storm. Jesus knew the storm was coming, but these guys were clueless. Mark chapter 4, verse 37 says, but soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Now, I don't care who you are. If I have you out on a lake and the waves are, are crashing so much and you're out in the middle of, of the ocean or the lake or what have you, and you see the boat filling up with water, you're going to become concerned, even if you have life jackets. These disciples were freaking out. Matthew 8, 24 says, suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking in to the boat. The book of Matthew says that this storm came up suddenly, meaning it, was, it did not, maybe there was no clouds whatsoever. Maybe there was no sign that it was even going to be partly cloudy that day. Maybe it was all sunny until it wasn't. Next thing these disciples know, water is breaking into the boat and, and they don't know what's going to happen next. You ever feel like you just woke up Everything seemed great. You you had your morning coffee. Uh, You had a good night's sleep. You woke up feeling very optimistic, like, hey, today is going to be a great day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And then, bam, next thing you know, a fierce storm suddenly catches you out of nowhere and takes you by full surprise. That's what we're talking about today. Listen, it could have been a sudden illness 
that has come upon you. It could have been a sudden death of a loved one that you did not see coming or you thought you were prepared for, but you weren't. It could be a loss of relationship. It could be financial issues. Maybe it's just this present pandemic in general. It has turned your life upside down. All you know is just like no one saw those planes coming for the Twin Towers in New York on 9-11, you didn't see the present storm coming your way. You need to know that storms, they often take even the smartest by surprise. However, they are a continual point of life. It's been said before that we are always either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or headed for a storm. I know that's not very encouraging, but it's just realistic. So not only do we need to expect storms, we have to prepare for them. We have to figure out how to, how to cycle through them with, with God as our GPS and, and, and as his spirit leading us by faith. We have to prepare for them the best we possibly can. Listen, right now, we're all dealing with this storm called COVID-19, and none of us really know what to expect in this present time or in the coming days. It's not that we should wake up each day expecting the worst, but we should wake up each day prayed up and saying, God, prepare me for the storms that are ahead of me that I don't know, but you know are coming. Thirdly, we see that sometimes all we see is Jesus is sleeping. Sometimes all we see is Jesus is sleeping. Listen, there's many people that the reason they don't believe and the excuse that they would most of all uh, you know, give for why they don't have faith or they don't believe that God even exists or they don't believe God could be loving is because they don't see any sign of God doing anything. Listen, you ever wonder what God's doing in your storm? You ever, you ever think to yourself, Jesus, what are you doing right now? Can't you see this mess that I'm in? Don't you care about me? Can't you see my brokenness? Aren't you gonna do something? Aren't you gonna wake up? because I've sought to be faithful to you. You know, God, I've turned it all over to you. Won't you do something right now? Don't you see this fierce storm that has come upon me? Listen to these disciples. When this fierce storm came upon the water, they were shocked that Jesus was found sleeping. How could he sleep through the most panic time of their life? Mark chapter four, verse 38, the first part says Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Matthew 8, 37 says, but Jesus was sleeping. Listen, just because Jesus appears to be sleeping or not doing what you expect him to do when you expect him to do it doesn't mean he isn't constantly watching over you. You ever, you ever say to somebody, you know what, it could always it could always be worse. You ever say that? Listen, it can always be worse. What if all you're focused on is what God's not doing instead of recognizing what God is doing? Listen, God promises to be our ever-present help in our every time of need. God may not do everything that we want him to do when we want it and how we want it, but he will never abandon you. But fourthly, we see the longer the storm rages, the more we panic. The longer the storm rages, the more we panic. 
Now, maybe at first, when these winds and waves started going crazy, the disciples thought, okay, I'm sure since Jesus is actually with us, you know, we have nothing to fear. He's going to intervene any moment, and surely he won't take us out on this boat ride that he initiated to let us die in the storm. So maybe at first they weren't freaking out, but suddenly they found themselves panicking, just like we often do. The longer and the more intense the storm, the more panicked we become. Mark chapter 4, verse 38b says, the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? They were questioning God's love for them. I want you to notice that. Don't we sometimes wonder? You know, if, 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 listen, if God's really pleased with us, then he makes everything go great. If he's not pleased with us, then he doesn't make, allow things to go great. Sometimes we, we allow our perception of what God is or is not doing to dictate how much we feel like God loves us. And listen, God loves us and he cares about us always. They were questioning that. They said, don't you care? Matthew 8, 25 says the disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Can't you identify with these disciples as their panic turned in to desperation? They were truly facing a life and death situation. They were saying, Jesus, 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 you got to save us or we're going to die. Jesus, don't you care about us at all? How could you let this happen to, to, to me? How could you let this continue to go on and on? Say that you're going to do something. Intervene on our behalf. Please don't continue to allow this storm to overtake us or surely we're going to die. But fifthly, we see this. Every storm is a test of our faith. Every storm is a test of our faith. Now, listen, I think it's important to say to you, you know, um, uh, even though when we're in school, we think tests are the stupidest things in the world because we don't want to, we don't want to have to study for them and we don't, have to, we don't want to have to, um, to take them. But those tests that we had in school, in some way, form, or fashion, they prepared us for the next grade. Something God was putting on my heart, even as I was coming to preach this message, was how much he has used my previous storms the last four or five years that were a hell on earth and a bed of pain, how much he used that to, in many respects, keep me cool, calm, and collect in this season. I already knew what it was like to spend 90% of the time in a bed or bath. I already knew what it was like to feel like, well, hey, you know what? I just got to make the most of the day. Doesn't look like God's going to take me any further than the doctors don't have any answers. Um, I don't know what to do. I don't have any answers. But I realized that, listen, thank God I had the test of my faith in the yesterdays because it has prepared me for today. Listen, there's something key revealed here in this real life story. Not only had Jesus purposely led them into this boat and on this boat ride, Jesus allowed this storm to elevate and to, first of all, reveal their faith. You don't really know how much faith you have until you're the person in the hospital bed, until that's your loved one in the hospital bed, until that's your marriage going, going astray, until it's your child that is standing in need of desperate intervention, until it's your job that's been lost. 
Listen, you really don't know how much you truly have faith in God until you all you can is put your faith in God, until Christ is all that you have to depend upon. Listen, the biggest storms of life, they reveal and they test our faith. Mark chapter 4, verse 40 says, Then Jesus asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Matthew 8, 26, Jesus responded, why are you afraid you have so little faith? Listen, now prior to this boat ride, I think it's important that you understand that these disciples had already seen Jesus and his power and his miracles before. So one might think to themselves, well, hey, you know what? They've seen a lot of these things that Jesus can do, so surely they trust him with all of their faith in this particular thing in front of them. But these disciples, they had never faced a storm like this one before. This storm exposed their lack of faith and the fact that they still needed to grow in their faith. Listen, sometimes the present storm, God allows it in your life and in my life so that it can reveal where we really are, who's really in control, and it can increase our faith, not diminish it. Listen, this is exactly what Jesus was doing when he allowed his disciples here to struggle for just a little bit, to stare this storm in the face. He wasn't trying to kill them. He was trying to teach them and and show them how they could trust him and how they truly needed to put their faith totally in him. But number six, we see that there is no storm that Jesus can't come. There is no storm that Jesus can't come. These disciples knew that if Jesus did not intervene into their situation at just the right time, they were going to die. It wasn't a matter of, of if, but when. The waves kept crashing. The water kept filling up the boat. I'm sure that they could barely see anything beyond the wind and the waves and the storm that was about to overtake them. And then just in the nick of time, just as Jesus always does for us, Jesus, he calms the storm. Look at Mark 4, 39. It says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Matthew 8, 26 says, Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. Listen, just like that, as crazy as it once was a second ago, it was that much calmer. The Gospels of Mark and Matthew tell us that Jesus, he got up, he said, peace be still, and just like that, the fierce storm that seemed like it was going to overtake them came to a screeching halt. I don't know about you, but I faced things that I just didn't think I was going to be able to get through. I felt, I felt like it was either going to emotionally drown me and mentally overtake me, or it was going to kill me. In fact, for the longest time, it appeared like Jesus wasn't doing anything. And I kept saying, God, you know, I know you're there. I, 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 know, that, I know you've taken me through a lot of things in the past, and I, I, I do believe that you won't take me to it if you aren't going to take me through it. But you know how just humanly you have those doubts. And yet God just kept telling me in my toughest of seasons, hey, keep putting your little hand, Craig, in my big hand. I'm going to show up and I'm going to show out, and you're going to see, and you're going to have a story to tell. 
Listen, suddenly, after days and, and months and even years of praying through my toughest season, just in the nick of time, Jesus calmed the storm, and I am now able to tell you, listen, I truly do believe I can get through anything because there's never been anything that God's not taken me through. Listen, God, he allows the storm so that you can witness his calming power. God has to allow you to go through certain things that may feel fierce at the moment and meaningless in order to bring meaning and greater power in your life as you see the power that is yours through him. Listen, you can know for sure that no matter what your storm, no matter what storm you're facing, and no matter what storm you will ever face, God will always be there. He will always take you through, and he can calm any storm. It's never a question of if he can. But will he? And when will he? Listen, God uses storms to show us, to remind us that if he could do that, then surely he can do this. Listen, our storm right now, our greatest storms today, will be our greatest strengths of faith tomorrow. Now, last but certainly not least, number seven, Jesus uses storms to reveal himself. Jesus uses storms to reveal himself. Jesus used this fierce, sudden, unexpected storm, not to scare his beloved disciples, but to reveal his power to them. Look at their response after they witness this miracle calming of the storm. Look at Mark chapter 4, verse 41. It says, the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Matthew 8, 27 says, The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Listen, sometimes we, we may know of Jesus, but we get to know Jesus in the storm as well as when we see his power despite the storm. The Gospel of Matthew said that the disciples, they were absolutely amazed, almost frozen in fear of what they saw Jesus do. As overjoyed as they were, they were in shock that he could calm that storm just like that. They were asking one another, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Listen to me. God often, he has to allow us to face great adversity, to hit rock bottom, to run out of every other possible option, to go through a fierce, fierce storm that we've never seen before so that he can reveal his power and teach us how we can fully trust him. Today, I don't know what storm you find yourself in at this moment. God does. Maybe you aren't living God's way and God is using this storm to, to get your attention and to draw you unto himself. I ask you, have you received that memo yet? Are you still trying to run from God? Or are you seeking to run to God? Maybe you sincerely are seeking to live God's way, but God is allowing this storm to elevate your faith, to build you that much stronger, to reveal your faith and your need to continue to grow in your faith to truly prepare you for tomorrow's storms. Maybe you're at that desperate point where you just don't know how much more you can take. Maybe you've said to someone just recently, I don't think I can take another second of this before I'm gonna have an absolute breakdown. Listen, when you feel like God is sleeping and you know that 
He needs to intervene or otherwise you're going to drown or you might die. I'm telling you, Jesus will intervene into your situation. And all he's asking you to do is to not fix it and to not know all the answers, but to trust that he has them and to trust that he's holding you even when you feel like you can't hold it all together. Trust me, if you fully surrender your life and continue to keep trusting Jesus with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength through the storm, at just the right time, Jesus will calm your storm. There's no storm that doesn't have to pass through God first. That's, that's always been a comfort to me is that that with God, there's no accidents, only appointments. There's no storm, regardless of how much it rattles me or takes you and me by surprise, it always has to come through God first. I always say, either God has allowed it or he's orchestrated it. There's no storm that can match God's great power and might. There's no pandemic, no cancer, no pain, no heartache, no sudden fierce storm that is upon you or that will come upon you that Jesus can't in just the moment that he wants to stop it dead in his tracks and say, peace, be still. Dear Heavenly Father, God, right now, we give you this storm. Lord, we give you the knowns and the unknowns. Lord, we give you the past, the present, and the future. Lord, we know that you have allowed this storm and any other storms upon our lives for reasons, for your own good reasons beyond what we know. God, I pray that you would just minister to each and every person, young and old, that's listening right now. I lift up their specific burden, their specific struggle, their situation. God, I pray that they would know, Lord, that you have not and you will not leave nor forsake them. God, I pray that they would know, Lord, you will bless their faithfulness. God, that you will take them through and you will use all of this, Lord, for your good and glory in our lives. We give you all things today, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.